0: Turn your Bible to the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter number two, Jonah chapter number two. Uh, If you recall, last Sunday morning, I preached from the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter number one. Uh, I did not intend at the time to preach uh, from this book again this morning. And uh, early in the morning hours, the Lord uh, put this message on my heart. Uh, As a matter of fact, this message did not exist uh, before this morning, uh, but it's what the Lord has put on my heart for the day, and I I believe it'll be a help and a blessing to us. Uh, Jonah chapter number two, I am going to read the entire chapter this morning, and then I'll be quick to get into the message, and I'll just let you know I'm going to be very pointed in the message this morning, um, and I trust that it'll be a a help to us. Jonah chapter number two. Let's begin reading in verse number one. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord and he heard me out of the belly of hell cried I and thou heardest my voice for thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas and the floods compassed me about all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. We know most of us, if you've been in church any length of time, uh, from a child in a Sunday school class, or uh, you've heard the story of Jonah in the well. Jonah and that great fish, and uh, we saw last week in our message in chapter number one, reminds us that Jonah, that preacher of God, was commanded by God to go to that city of Nineveh and to preach the gospel to them. He was to go and and preach to them that they needed to uh, repent, turn to God, repent of their sins, and uh, depend on Him, and turn to Him, and repent of their unrighteousness, and uh, he rebelled against that. And he went away from that which God would have him to do. A great storm came while he was on the ship, and the only thing that would satisfy God was to throw him overboard. And now we pick up in chapter number two, but I want us to be reminded this morning, and I'm going to preach on this subject and this title, The Difference Maker. The Difference Maker. I want you to think about that this morning as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray this morning that you would... Uh, guide my thoughts. I pray the Holy Spirit of God would uh, empower me this morning. Uh, may I have liberty today. I pray that the hearer would listen uh, to the Word of God. I pray that as the Holy Spirit begins to work and to move in each heart and life, may uh, we be quick to uh, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. May there be no resistance. And Father, as we go to make this prayer this morning, may uh, I ask one more time, as I've already asked this morning, that there's anybody in the service today that's unsaved, uncertain of their eternity, where they get that settled before the service is concluded. I pray that you'll bless the service this morning. May your will be done, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We find this morning, as we think on the title of the message, The Difference Maker, we find in Jonah chapter number two, verse number one, the first word of the chapter is the word then. Then Jonah. Uh, what is the scripture speaking of? Well, we must go back to verse number 17 of chapter one. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I've already given you a little of the recap of the story and how Jonah was thrown over into the sea and this great fish that God had prepared swallowed him and he spent three days and three nights in the belly of this great fish. Then chapter 2 verse 1, we find then Jonah prayed unto the Lord. It was then... After he had been away from God, it was then after he had experienced the chastisement of God, it was then after he had been thrown overboard, it was then after this great fish swallowed him, it was then after he had spent three days and three nights in the belly of this great fish, it was then Jonah prayed unto the Lord. What is it that is going to make the difference in the life of Jonah? It is prayer. And friend, this morning, prayer is the difference maker. What separates people from uh, from one another? It's prayer. This morning, uh, as we as that first hymn, uh, be, we sang that first hymn, "Saved, Saved." What separates those who sing that, and it just resonates in our soul and our heart, and we can sing that with a testimony of the fact that we are saved from from a devil's hell. We're saved from our own sins. It was a prayer made from our heart. To a holy and a righteous God, a prayer of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that changed us, that saved us. Uh, It is prayer that makes a difference. It is prayer uh, that will get us through. All of us could testify this morning. If we've been saved any length of time at all, we could say there's a time in our life when uh, I needed God to intervene. It was prayer that made a difference. Prayer is the difference maker. Prayer takes hopelessness and makes it hopeful. Prayer takes pessimism and turns him into an optimist. Prayer turns a lost cause into a sure thing. Prayer takes no hope and transforms it into a new hope. With prayer, the sign that says the bridge is out becomes the on-ramp of a four-lane highway. Whether Paul and Silas in the belly of a prison or Jonah in the belly of a well, prayer is. Is the difference maker where uh, whether it's our own decisions, as it was in the life of Jonah, that got him to this horrible place in his life, this place in the belly of that well. It was his own decisions. It was his own rebellion. It was his own turning away from God and not heeding the commands of God. But yet, it was prayer that made the difference. Oh, as I referenced uh, Paul and Silas and as they served the Lord, all of us could testify that we have been in a place where there was no hope, but what. Has made the difference. Prayer has made the difference. And I remind you the reason why prayer makes a difference is we have a God who's above all our problems. We have a God who's above all of our things. We have a God who, when you called out to Him and you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation, aren't you thankful you have a God that's bigger than your sin? A God that's bigger than my sin? A Savior who could pay the sins of the world? I want us to look at this passage of Scripture this morning. In Jonah chapter number two, there are many thoughts, there are many truths that could be found in this chapter. I'm going to point out four this morning, and I want you, I believe they'll be a help to you. Let me make the first statement this morning when we think of the difference maker. First of all, let me say there is no place from which you cannot reach God. Look at verse number one. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord. If we were to stop right there, what a wonderful thought. Jonah prayed unto the Lord. But you must continue that verse out of the fish's belly. Friend, there is no place that you'll ever find yourself that you have a God who is unable to hear you. You have a God who is not listening intently for the prayer to call out. And you will never find a place so far away from God that you can't call out to God. Uh, Aren't you thankful for that this morning? uh, That we have a God that we have access to. We have a God that we can reach unto. We have a God that hears us. You say this morning, well, Pastor, I've gotten so far away from God. I am so out of the will of God. Friend, are you about as far away as it is to the fish's belly to the Almighty God? If Jonah could reach heaven from the belly of a fish, you could reach heaven from your trial. You could reach heaven from your valley. You can reach heaven in the midst of your heartache, in the midst of your burden. Friend, if he can be reached from the belly of a whale, oh, no matter where you are in your life today, you have a God who sits on his throne and with love and mercy and care sits with attention waiting for you to cry out unto him and there's no place you can go there's no distance too great that the prayer of his child cannot reach him I'm certain there are times we wonder if anybody cares does anybody realize what I'm going through does anybody understand Oh, whether it's a trial of your own making, whether it's the consequences of your own decisions as it was in the life of Jonah, or whether or not life just brings us through a valley and life brings us through some tribulation and trials, you cannot find a place where God is not aware. You cannot get so far away where God cannot be reached. And no matter what you're going through in your life this morning, I want you to know God sent me here to remind you and to remind me, that no matter where you are and how far away you get and how hopeless it seems, there's a God that will hear you. There's a God you can call out to. And just as Jonah found himself in the belly of this great fish, there is no place from which you cannot reach God. This ought to give you hope and encouragement when it comes to your prayers for others. I would dare say that just about all of us if not all of us would know somebody this morning who is running from God as we would say it they're resisting the word of God they're making their own way they're making their own decisions and they don't need the God of their parents, and they don't need the God of the Bible, and they're going to do whatever it is they want to do, or maybe it's just a different path that God wants them to take. A friend, this ought to encourage you this morning. That whether they find themselves in the belly of a well, or where they find themselves in a pig pen, or where they find themselves in a far country, God is just a prayer away. God is close enough to be reached. And whether it's us in our own trial, our own tribulation, our own consequences of poor choices, we have a God who hears us. When it comes to the difference maker, that which makes the difference in the life of the individual, be reminded there is no place from which you cannot reach God. What a testimony of God's grace. What a testimony of God's mercy. Aren't you glad uh, you and I aren't God because we would have been so so upset at Jonah. Uh, We would have just cast him off. We would have cast him aside. But we have a God who is not a God who does that. We have a God who is still willing, no matter how far away we get, to hear us. Let me make statement number two this morning. As we continue in our text, we find that Jonah prayed... Out of the fish's belly, verse 2, and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, and the midst of the seas, and the floods can pass me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Notice verse number 4. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward the holy temple. We said, number one, there is no place from which you cannot reach God. Number two, there is no time which you cannot pray. There will not come a time in the life of the believer that it's too late for them to call out to God. You'll not come to a time in your life, friend, where it's too late for you to cry out. He said, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. God had sent the, the, the chastisement. God had sent the punishment. And they had thrown Jonah into that seed. He had been swallowed by that well. And, and then he said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again. Hey, Jonah's in a hopeless situation. Jonah doesn't have a future ahead of him. But Jonah came to himself and said, you know what? I'm just going to look again. Toward thy holy temple. And I would like to just admonish us this morning when it comes to a God who sits on his throne and all of his power and all of his glory. When we think of the difference maker in the life of the Christian today, uh, the prayer itself, uh, let me just remind us that there is no time in which we cannot pray. Jonah said. I will look again. Friend, you ought to underline that in your Bible. You ought to circle it in your Bible. And this morning, I believe it's time in the life of many Christians to look again to the Lord, to look again to the one who hears the prayer, to look again to the one that they've been away from, to look again to the one that they've ignored, to look again to the one that they haven't needed in their life, so they thought, to look again to the one uh, that they've been they've been running from and not heeding his, his leading, to look again to that holy temple and say, I have been cast down and, and I seem to have been forgotten, but I know that you've heard my prayer, and there's never come a time, aren't you thankful that when you thought that you You had no hope. You still had hope because of prayer. Aren't you thankful that you've been in situations? Not that you're thankful that you've been in a situation, but in that dark time, and that time of despair, there is still an opportunity to call out to God. You'll never reach a point when you can't say, I will look again unto God. Hey, if you're discouraged this morning, I would encourage you to look again. Hey, you called on Him before. You depended on him before. In the life of Jonah, now he's in a difficult situation. It's not rocket science. It's, it's, it's not in the hieroglyphics this morning. You just got to look again to God and pray to the God that you've prayed to before. You remember the God you prayed to when you felt like you were dangling over a hell and you had to get saved and you had to call upon Him and He heard you. That same God, look again unto Him and be encouraged this morning. Look again unto Him. Uh Urge the backslidden Christian this morning to look again. You say, Pastor, you think there's somebody backslidden in here? Oh, I'm pretty certain there's probably somebody backslidden in here. Because we're all prone to backslide. I would encourage you this morning to look again to Him. Hey, parent of the prodigal, look again. Hey, to the diseased, look again. To the heartbroken, look again. Oh, this is such a cruel world we live in. And so many times we are faced with a situation where there seems to be no hope. Seems to be no way out. Friend, what you need to do is you need to look again to the God who's created all things. Look again to the God who has sustained you in the past. Look again who you've called on in the past. Look again unto Him. I said, first of all, there is no place from which you cannot reach God. If Jonah can reach heaven out of the fish's belly, you can reach heaven from the altar in an invitation at the Emmanuel Baptist Church. God can If Jonah can reach God from the fish's belly, you can reach God from your valley, from your pit, with your heartache. I said number two, there is no time which you cannot pray. Maybe this morning you're saying, Pastor, the opportunities have passed me by. Well, as long as you still have an opportunity to pray, uh, you, you have a, they haven't passed you by. There's always a time, there's never going to come a time when you can't call out to God. Number three, and we move right along this morning. And we continue in verse number five. The waters come past me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I guess you're in a pretty desperate situation when you can say the weeds are wrapped around my head. Verse 6, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. Now look at verse number 7. This will help you. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. Jonah is testifying we have the record of his prayer here when he gets down to verse number seven he says my soul fainted within me i remember the lord and my prayer came in unto thee he is telling us his prayer came in unto god let me mention the third thing this morning is this statement desperate prayers are heard prayers desperate prayers are heard prayers he said when my soul fainted within me I remember the Lord. This is what I believe about verse number 7. We know from chapter number 1, he has been in the belly of this fish three days and three nights. Uh, I don't know how long one can live in the belly of a fish, but I would dare say Jonah is getting down to the end. I believe of my heart he had no time left. He had no opportunity left. But then in his desperate hour, he remembered the Lord as his soul. Fainted within him. He had no more strength. He had no more resilience. He had no more resistance. He was overwhelmed. His soul fainted within him. Then he remembered the Lord. And it was in that point of desperation. With no answer. With no solution. He remembered the Lord. And his prayers entered into his presence. Friend. Desperate prayers are heard prayers. And God many times will allow us to get in a desperate situation because it is in those hours we realize we don't have a solution. We don't have an answer. We have no more strength. It is in that desperate time. Just as the scripture tells us, I remember the Lord. I have nowhere else to go and I know that my prayers entered into his presence is in those desperate times. Many times God will allow us to get into that situation so we'll quit depending on our own strength. We'll quit depending on our own knowledge and have to depend on him. Desperate prayers are heard prayers. This morning if you're in a desperate Situation. Let me give you a little bit of congratulations this morning. You're in a place where you have nobody you can depend on but God. And many times, God will allow us to get there, and we have to 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 to, to just depend completely on Him. Desperate prayer, desperate times, or desperate prayers are heard prayers. I've often had it said to me, Pastor, I don't know if I'm going to get through the day. Well, you're going to have to depend on God to get through the day. And those prayers of desperation are heard prayers. Boy, are you saved this morning? Are you on your way to heaven? You remember when you heard the salvation story? You remember when somebody read the scripture to you, and maybe it was Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Remember when the Holy Spirit of God pricked your heart and you knew that you were a sinner. Then maybe it was a preacher, maybe it was a service like this service, or maybe you were sitting at your uh, dining room table, or maybe somebody in a Sunday school class or somebody at your door with an open Bible proceeded to tell you that because of your sin, you deserve to pay your own sin debt in a horrible place called hell for all of eternity. Do you remember as the conviction began to weigh on you and and you knew you were a sinner and the Bible told you what you deserve and the eternity that you were going to have to endure for all of time, paying for your own sin debt? Do you remember the desperate feeling in your heart? And then you were told that there was a man named Jesus who left heaven, lived a sinless life paid your sin debt, rose victoriously from the grave three days after his crucifixion, and it was because of his sacrifice you could be saved. I don't remember where you were, friend. I don't remember how you felt, but if there is ever a desperate prayer, it comes from the mouth of a lost man knowing he deserves to spend eternity in hell with the hope and the faith that they could be saved by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad this morning if you're saved that you prayed that desperate prayer and there's a God in heaven that said, well, you're not depending on your own goodness anymore. That's pretty desperate. You, you can't save yourself in that desperate prayer to God. Could you save me? Would you forgive me of my sins? Oh, you can't depend on the church. You can't depend on man. What a desperate situation we find ourselves in. And aren't you thankful this morning that desperate prayers are heard prayers? Beyond our salvation, have you ever been in a valley? You ever faced heartache and you had nowhere to go but God? Jonah, in his desperation, when my soul fainted within me, I have no fight left. I remembered the Lord. It's a powerful truth there, but I must point out that there was never a time that God forgot about Jonah. Jonah, remember the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. Friend, desperate prayers are heard prayers. Thus far this morning, as we have thought of the difference maker, what is that difference maker? It's prayer. What is that difference maker? It's the ability of, a, of flesh and blood. It's the ability of humanity, the ability of imperfection to make a petition to a holy and a righteous and an almighty God. And in times when we don't have the strength, we can appeal to God and God can intervene. In hours of desperation, we can go to God and God can hear our prayer. When we have run from Him and we have fled His commandments, we can still, no matter how desperate of a situation, we can go to... That's what makes the difference. It's the the difference maker. It's prayer. We We have seen from this passage of Scripture, there is no place from which you cannot pray. And friend, i remind you one more time, no matter the desperate situation you find yourself in, you have a God through the Lord Jesus Christ that you can appeal to, you can pray to. You're never too far away to call upon God. There's never a time when you cannot pray. It's not too late for you to call out to Him. God's given you this opportunity this morning in this church service to be reminded that you can still call on God. Then I remind you that desperate prayers are heard prayers that ought that that to encourage the heart of every person in here. But then we come to number four. And it's where I want you to listen very carefully. Verse number seven gives us When my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord. Verse number eight they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I was sacrificed unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I want you to notice this next phrase. I will pay that that I have vowed. The fourth truth I want us to see from this chapter this morning is this. Sincere prayers lead to paid vows. Sincere prayers lead to paid vows. See, I believe with my whole heart this morning that as God was watching Jonah in this difficult circumstance. God had had to work in the life of Jonah to get him to this point. Jonah was a preacher. Jonah had been given a command to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel. In chapter number 3, you'll find that entire city Coming to God and turning to God and repenting and turning from their wicked ways. You find that in chapter number 3. That was God's plan. God instructed Jonah to go. Jonah ran from God. Jonah disobeyed God. Jonah ignored what God had said. God was very specific in his command. He was very specific in his call. But yet Jonah ran from that which he knew he was supposed to do. That's what got Jonah in this situation in the first place. That's what got Jonah in the belly of the well. That's what had that's that's the prayer we find in this chapter because Jonah had run from God. And Jonah, in his time of desperation, and God had broken him down, and you find no pride in the belly of the well. You find no speech in the belly of the well you only find desperation as God has broken down his man his servant his child who has been in rebellion against him still carry the name of preacher still carry the name of child of God but yet had been running from God and now in his desperation in verse number 7, he see, his soul is overwhelmed. His soul is, is, is fainted within him, and he's coming to the end, and he prays. He says, I know my prayer went into the presence of God. And then in verse number 9, he says, I will pay that that I have vowed. I believe that God obviously knew the sincerity of his heart. And it was when God saw the sincerity of his heart and Jonah said, God, I'll do what you've told me to do. I'll do the will you have for me. It was then that we find verse number 10. And the Lord spake unto that fish and that fish vomited him up on the shore so he could go do the will of God. Oh, there's a lot of Christians that pray in their desperate hour, but they have no sincerity in their prayers because they have no intention of doing the will of God. They just want the, they just want the circumstances to change. They just want their discomfort to change. I believe uh, with my heart, and maybe I just submitted to you this way this morning, if God had seen an insincere heart, would God have ever spoken to the fish? If God had seen an insincere heart, would God have ever given him the opportunity? But it was because of his sincere prayers that God gave him a chance. Sincere prayers led to paid vows. This morning, I wonder how many Christians find themselves in a difficult situation and they say, Oh, God, please, but they have no intention of paying their vows. Can I help you this morning? Can, can, can I remind all of us this morning that every vow you've ever made to God, you may have forgotten it, but God has not forgotten it. Every promise you've ever made when you've bowed a knee in a service like this one or in the privacy of your, of your own, own home reading the Bible and praying and say, God, I am going to do this for you, you may have forgotten it, but God has never forgotten it. And many times Christians find themselves in circumstances and they say, Oh God, would you hear me? And aren't you thankful that God will always hear us? And aren't you thankful that God in His grace and mercy is always willing to hear us and to do for us that which we cannot do for ourselves? But friend, make no mistake about it. The sincere heart, the one that prays sincerely has every intention Of doing the will of God. Has every intention of obeying this book. Too many Christians are saying, Oh God, would you hear my prayer? And your heart is still full of your own rebellion. And it's still full of your own ways. You have no intention of doing what God would have you to do. You just want God to get you out of the fish. Sincere prayers lead to paid vows. Let me put it to you this way. Remember when you felt convicted of the life you were living? You said, God, I'm going to give this up. Remember when you felt convicted of the crowd you were with? The person who was a stumbling block to you? You said, okay, I'm going to do it. You forgot about that, didn't you? But God didn't. Remember when you said, I'll, I'll serve God with my life. Hey, young man, young lady, remember when you were in a special meeting, maybe it was at a camp, or maybe it was some time when you felt impressed upon God to do something specific with your life, and you said, I'm going to do that, God. Oh, but, but things have changed in your life, and circumstances have changed. You say, well, I just, ha- I just don't think. Well, God still remembers, and sincere prayers are followed by paid vows. Christian, every time we open this book, God gives us instruction. Every time we read the Word of God, we have the commands, we have the instruction of God. But aren't we all guilty of when we have a need, saying, God, would you meet my need? But how sincere are you about paying your vow? How sincere are you about doing what God has commanded See, sincere pra- prayers lead to paid vows. A sincere heart led to God taking action. Let me put it to you this way. I told you to be somewhat pointed this morning. Why should God answer your prayer? If you have no intention of obeying Him anyway. See, you cannot have a heart full of rebellion against the things of God and expect to point your finger to God and say would you intervene Sincere prayers. Say, Pastor, you don't know what's going on in my life. I don't have to know what's going on in your life. Oh, but but I have two eyes that God has given me, and He's given me a book, and He's given me some discernment. And if your life is not one of paying your vow, don't tell me about your prayer life. Don't tell me how you've prayed about it. Don't tell me how you're getting an answer from God to meet your needs because it just does not add up. Because a sincere heart before God is one that says, "I'll pay my vow." I'll do that which I've been commanded to do. I conclude this morning with a reminder and a challenge. The reminder is what I've already said this morning. The difference maker is prayer. This morning, if you find yourself in a desperate situation, I would challenge you, to bow your knee, and to call on your God. Pastor, you don't know how far away I've gotten from God. You don't know the things that are in my heart. I don't have to know them. I don't need to know them. You don't have to confess that to me. You need to talk to your God about that. But talk to your God. Pastor, I think it's too late. No, it's never too late. You're here. You have an opportunity. Take advantage of it. Turn again. Turn again. Look again! Remember when you used to have that prayer time and you used to have that walk with God and you knew what it was like to not have that conflict on the inside because the Holy Spirit of God won't leave you alone. Oh, that's got to be a miserable feeling to live with that conflict of knowing that something is not right. I would say this morning, look again unto your God and I would say, let's just decide that we're going to pay our vows, fulfill that which we have been commanded to do. The challenge this morning is... If you need to get right with God, get right with God. If you're unsaved this morning, trust Christ as your Savior. The most desperate prayer a person ever prays is the one I described earlier. When literally being dangled over hell because of our sins. Oh, this morning, if you're lost, you need to be aware of the fact that no man cometh unto the Father except for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're away from God this morning, and you and let me say this you can be a faithful attender of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, and you could be away from God. Let's get our hearts right. Prayer is a difference maker. See, Pastor, I'm in a desperate situation. The difference maker is prayer. And why don't we all determine that we're just going to do what it is that God has commanded us to do? That's how you got saved. You did what God told you to do. It really does just come down to that, doesn't it? When we obey God, it all works out fine. But when we rebel, that's when we find the resistance. Christian, remember when you made that promise to God? Maybe it's been years since you've thought about it. God used the message this morning to remind you. Remember that bedside promise you made when you knelt or sat by the bedside of a loved one? And you prayed a prayer and said, God, if you'll do this, then I'll... How sincere was that prayer? God, if you'll use me, then I'll... How sincere was that prayer? God, if you could take what I am and you could make it into something else, then I will... How sincere was that prayer? We find out the sincerity of it by the action that you put behind it. The day's coming when we're all going to stand before God, every one of us. I'm not going to stand with you. You're not going to stand with me. You're not going to stand with your spouse. It would just be you and God. And the first thing that we better know is we better know that our sins have been forgiven. Because we'll not find the loving God. We'll find the righteous judge. They'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. But beyond that, every Christian, every Christian, we're going to stand before God and our works, our life, is going to give an account. How many unfulfilled vows will Christians give an account for? Let's do business with God this morning. Father.